0: Hi, and welcome to today's episode of Talking About Midlife. I'm Kelly Sterling, your host. Today, I'm talking to Casey Hall, who's a friend and colleague of mine about slowing down. Casey is a sensuality coach and a holistic wellness coach, and she's been working in the area of wellness, corporate wellness, corporate health for many years. She is the best person to talk to about this subject. She knows it really, really well both through her own studies and coaching, but her own life experience. There's so much power in slowing down. It really, really lets us come into presence in our body. It impacts on our relationships. It impacts on our love for ourselves for those around us it helps us learn to listen to our body which is sending us messages all the time our body speaks our own language so i hope that you enjoy this episode there's a lot to learn and if you stick around right at the end um about 53 minutes in there is a really great body love practice that casey takes us through hi casey thank you so much i'm so Happy to have you here today to talk about one of my favourite topics, which is slowing down.
1: <laughs> Thank you for having me. That's okay.
0: So, so I thought it would be, um, I've wanted to talk about this for a while because it's so powerful, the power of slow, and I was thinking, hmm, who would be the right person to talk to you about this. And I sort of just left it, put it out there. And then I, um, so Casey had a post on, Casey and I met through coach training and uh, about her slowing, she does a lot of work around slowing down. I was like, oh yeah, that would be a really cool conversation to have with you. And then I listened to your podcast and I was like, oh yes, okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're all about, all about slowing down and talking about everything that comes up when that happens. Yeah. Benefits
0: of it. How did you get to where you are now? Like, can you tell us a little bit about you and how you came to work in this space, which you're very passionate about?
1: Yeah. Um, So I've always been in wellness. That's what I went to. Um, university for I was a a teacher I taught wellness to um, children and adults and then I ended up teaching in corporate wellness for a number of years Mm -hmm. and there I was coaching on weight loss disease management Mm -hmm. healthy eating and I liked it but I was like there's something deeper there's something deeper here that, that like, that, I, that I'm missing from like this wellness equation. And so, um, I found out that then I found out about what an impact stress was having like pre pandemic, mm-hmm. 90% of doctors related visits were due to, um, stress related symptoms. And I was like, mm-hmm. wow, <laughs> like this is, this is a big thing. Um, so I got a certification of holistic stress management and really started to to gear a lot of my wellness coaching around stress. Mm-hmm. And um, then I was like, okay, this is great, but there's there's something else that's like a missing part of this wellness equation. Mm-hmm. And that's when I found the sex, love, and relationship mm-hmm. certification. Um, and I did that. And I was like, wow, talking about healthy sensuality and um, really slowing down and being with that once you focus on it kind of ripples out into your exercise your diet the rest Mm, of your health and so I was like that's it like this is like the the missing piece of wellness that I've that I've been wanting to um find over gosh 10 no 12 years now (laughs) so um That's what, that's what I do now as a healthy sensuality coach. Um, and what I've learned through coaching, especially when you're talking about sensuality and love, sex and relationships is that it requires slowing down, Mm. slowing way down in order to, um, to create safety, Mm. you know, to get to know the body, to, um, be with the body and to make, you know, to make changes. So um, the slowness and the slow theme has been present throughout all the different types of of wellness coaching that I've done. And it's also um, what kind of sparked the slow the F down show podcast that you listen to, because on my hunt and my quest to get all the certifications and wellness possible and on like and to find the missing piece, I was going a thousand miles per hour. Yeah. I was going so fast that um, I, I, I missed a lot. And it wasn't until I actually was able to slow down my pace that I um, I was finally able to like be present. Mm. you know be present and start to really enjoy these uh these things in life that I'm doing and
0: I've worked for so now you're more sensuality coaching or what how would you describe what you're doing now
1: now I'm a healthy sensuality coach is is what I go by um and I help people Form healthier relationships with their bodies mm-hmm. and i help them um, create more authentic expressions of their sensuality so not mm. what you know society thinks that it should look like like what does it really look like if it, mm. if it just gets to be yours and it gets to be fun and healthy
0: mm. <laughs> so yeah. yeah that's so fantastic it's amazing I had a similar experience to you, I think, when we were doing the sex, love, relationship coaching, because I had a lot on the ear, and um, it was the year after that I realised that I was, I sort of, when I went back slowly and looked at everything, wow, yeah, there was a lot of stuff here mm-hmm. that I missed. And it was yeah so much and and everything landed in my body from an un, you know an embodiment from an understanding perspective, and it's amazing when you have that experience, isn't it? You're like, oh, I actually really really get this. Yeah, it's not just in my head, in my body. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I can remember um, before I found the sex, and relationship coaching certification. I was in a partnership that was great. You know, it was a, I, I had a good job. I was like, you know, if you could check off the list, like good job house, good relationship, you know, I was, you know, checking all the boxes, but there was this like emptiness. Mm. Like I was feeling like a deep emptiness and I'm like, I don't get it. I'm, I'm doing everything right right. I'm accomplishing all the things I'm doing. I'm supposed to be doing, but there is, there's this void. There is this something that, that is not being filled by what I'm doing Mm. and learning the, the body work, learning how to slow down, learning how to really like feel my lived experience inside my body was, was what was that, that void was Mm. And that's what started to kind of like fill that is I was like, oh, I'm having these experiences and I'm not just doing them. I'm like being here with them. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I can relate to that. And it's something that strikes me I've noticed in a lot of clients and I'm wondering what your perspective is on this is that feeling, that emptiness that you're talking about can sometimes feel like loneliness or, yeah, like I feel it's it's, it's interesting how many people um, that I talk to who say they feel lonely in their relationship. Mm-hmm. And so getting them to um, slow down and kind of be able to feel kind of fills that void. Does that resonate? Like, yeah. Tell me what your perspective on that is.
1: Yeah. I, I I can understand the the sense of loneliness. Um, for me, I've I've found that loneliness t- to stem from a disconnect from self.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. And so we, you know, I can speak from experience. You know, what I was feeling was like I I wanted a deeper connection, and mm-hmm. I thought that that had to be a deeper connection that came from my partner. Mm. Or you know others, but what I was actually seeking was that deeper connection to myself, yes, and through being able to feel myself to you know um like actually being able to feel inside my body and connect to myself, I was like, oh right, that's that met that need,
0: yes, exactly, yeah, but it's not something that we're really the people don't really talk about that, or we don't, yeah, it's not something that's really well understood i don't think so talk can you talk to us about um the benefits of slowing down i guess from a healing and wellness perspective so putting your expert hat on there like why do we to really heal if it's illness or if it's stress why why is slowing down so important
1: i can remember um when I was coaching wellness, specifically around stress, I would talk to people once a week and I remember oh, I, hundreds, hundreds, I, I could just feel it, but like hundreds of clients, we would have a call and on, on our, our stress calls, if we were, if that's what we were coaching on, we would rank the stress on the call, right? So they would be like, I'd say like a nine, so of 10, 10 was the max and they'd they'd make like, "It's out of 15. And I'd be like, okay. <laughs> Like I hear it's out of 15 and we would go over some, um, you know, breathing techniques and different things to do to kind of help lower stress levels or try to, and they just, a lot of people, um, weren't even in the place to hear, like they could hear my suggestion of like, Hey, how about slow down? How about increase your nutrition this week? How about take a little bit off your plate so that your stress levels are lower a lot of them couldn't hear that and and they just go 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 and like clockwork a week later i would call them and they'd be like or two weeks depending on their immune system and they'd be like i'm sorry i i don't feel well i'm sick Mm. and i was just like and i knew i almost knew it was it was wild because i um as a coach, one of my superpowers is pattern recognition. I could feel when someone was so stressed because they were going so fast and they weren't willing to slow down. Like their body were, was giving them all of these signs like, Hey, um, you have a headache. Uh, you know, you can't focus your heart's racing. You're trying to to tell them to slow down and they override it. And again, no judgment. I did this most of my life, (laughs) so no, no judgment here, um, Uh, and then, and then they're, you know, that going fast, ignoring their body signs would plummet their immune system. And then they'd get sick and their body would force them to slow the F down.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Then they
1: didn't even have a choice and you know, there would be flu season or cold season or, um, you know, something like that. And, and so, um, when, you know, the, the, more in tune that you can become to the messages that your body gives you when it's starting to say like, "Hey, you're, you're, you're doing too much, or you're pushing too much, or you're, you know, you're going too fast. We need, we need care. We need mm-hmm. to slow down. We need to mm-hmm. address this. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the 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 better that we can get with that, um, the easier it is to address those things early on, so that you know, if you can if you feel cold coming on, you can rest. Hopefully you can, you know, fight that off or, um, long-term effects of stress.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: or, um, or if you're feeling anxious, what, you know, whatever it might be, but it's just that like really queuing in, getting to know those, those symptoms so that you can slow down and be like, Ooh, okay, body, What do you like? What's going on? What do you need? Yeah. And, and I think that has a, a healing effect. Um, in a lot of ways, in in a big way, like a proactive way almost
0: too. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And how does being, you know, we talk about being more present. One of the things I find sad but hilarious at the same time is, particularly in the corporate world, which you and I have both worked in, where there's just so much pressure on people just to be on, all the time, and then oh, we'll just bring in this meditation or we'll bring in that. But the reality is, the way that they work and the way that they're incentivized and their performance is, is managed sorry, is to be just go, go, go. And they're expected to be on even in their off hours, which I find like there's a real boundary issue going on in most workplaces. So to some degree, I think for some people with the pandemic being working from home and the flex, like that's demonstrated that we can all be productive and we don't have to be in the office. So that's been good, I think, for a lot of families. But I think for a lot of people, younger people in particular, whose social life is still a really big part of their life, they want to go into the office and connect with people and be around them. But it's I've also noticed with some clients that that expectation is still there when they're at home and Mm -hmm. you know like doing work late into the night and things like that so how just from a cultural perspective I mean it's sort of like pushing shit uphill a little bit for a lot of people so how what are your thoughts where culturally how can we get better at dealing with this because this is such a big challenge for a lot of people and I think a lot of people it comes down to like boundary management a lot of the time Mm -hmm. yeah what do you think about that
1: yeah I I definitely agree with boundary management yeah um you know speaking from from my own experience when I when I worked um when I had my corporate job I was working in a call center Mm -hmm. and so you know we'd have our schedules and um We had people that would just place, place clients on our schedules all day and our schedules had to be blocked completely free, except for, you know, a short amount of time. Like we'd, we'd get a lunch break technically, but you ended up having so much work that you just worked through that lunch break. And then, you know, you had like two, five minute breaks on top of that, that you were allowed to put on your calendar and literally Every other white space on that calendar blank space was filled up, yeah. And sometimes it would be a client plus a meeting, and you were literally double booked, and you're like, and then you had to, you know, talk to your supervisor and like, what? I can't be two places at once, (laughs) like, so that training of like, and I I know for a lot of people, especially that there's like this expectation that a full calendar makes you. Um, fully productive and Mm. that like any off time or any downtime is actually viewed negatively Mm. like you get a lunch but if you have something to do like that's when you're going to get it done because the rest of your your space is is filled up Mm -hmm. and um And I noticed when I, when I left that job and I just went back to my own personal planner, I remember judging the white space, like the the blank space and being like, oh gosh, well, there's, there's an hour in my day that I don't have something like, and and actually feeling wrong about it.
0: Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. It takes a while to, it's like your nervous system um, Mm -hmm. is in a state of not feeling safe. If your diary is not full.
1: Yes, I mean there there's a there's a, a sense of um, of judgment that certainly comes with that space. and I don't I think that one of the the ways to you know answer your original question mm-hmm. culturally that we can do something about that is to start looking at that space as as important as, uh, be, as doing so the the space that's blank the being space yes right just like just like our bodies can't go 24 hours a day right we have to sleep we're supposed to supposed to sleep <laughs> for eight to ten of those because our bodies have to rest and replenish and restore we're not meant to go 100 percent of the time um and and we shouldn't have that expectation on ourselves either and so i i know that um for myself and even working with clients blocking off free like a blank space or b space where mm-hmm. um they they're not doing work maybe it's a walk maybe yes it's, um, you know meditation um watching a show you know whatever it might be but it's not work time and then over like eventually training our nervous system that hey it is safe yes it is safe to have this space and it's not only safe it's it's nourishing yeah right because in those breaks that's also a lot of times when we when we eat and drink water and rest or move
0: you know we nourish move just Mm -hmm. I don't know like yeah experience pleasure we'll get to that in a minute yeah Um, one thing that I'm thinking of as you're talking that might be worth talking about I think is and I notice this, with like, can we, if we can talk about the nervous system a little bit. So I, I tend to work with a lot of high achievers, um, given my previous background and that I'm a reformed workaholic, overachiever. <laughs> um, so I notice, and I guess I'm, because I'm a somatic experiencing practitioner in training, so I look at it from that lens as well. I notice a lot of people that I work with, I ha- like it's. we have to slow down to do the work mm-hmm. in the coaching session, but I have to slow them down slowly because what happens is like this in such sort of achievement mode that even in the coaching sessions, they want to smash the coaching session, right? And I don't mean smash right. it apart, like smash it in terms of, yeah, I got five gold stars, thank you very much, because they're so wide yeah. in their nervous system for achievement, success, might be being perfect, it might be being the good girl or the good boy um, or the smartest person in the room, okay? Mm -hmm. And so can you talk a little bit about the stress response and the nervous system and how you, uh, because you have such a beautiful way of explaining this, how you work with your clients to help them notice that, basically like notice their stress response notice the their their nervous system what it's geared towards the level of feeling safe according to doing or be a level mm. of beingness yeah is that okay can we talk about that a bit
1: yeah yeah for sure yeah i i love um i love the practice of becoming familiar with your stress response because yeah. it's it's a way to better learn yourself and um and it's just kind of a, a way also to get to know how stress feels in your body. So, you know, you kind of make that connection of like, I'm feeling stressed. Oh, and here's, here's what the stress response actually feels like in my body. Yeah. Um, which has been immensely helpful for me. Uh, so when I work with clients, you know, first step is always find safety, mm. right? Find safety in your environment. So recognize that in this physical space. Like right now in this moment, I'm safe in this room, mm-hmm. All right? I feel safe in this chair. I feel my, my, my body against the chair, feel my feet against the ground, really bringing, you know, bringing mm-hmm. them to, to presence and then, um, of course, breathing mm-hmm. and not through the nose helps regulate the nervous system. It activates our parasympathetic nervous system mm-hmm. it sends a signal to the body that, okay, I'm in, I'm in this safety and I can kind of start to soften a little bit. And then we talk about whatever topic it is that the, that the client wants to focus on and in relate like love, sex, and relationships, uh, anything can come up. So whenever yeah. that comes up, oftentimes a stress response will come up with it. And so how you identify that is, you know, the person's, you know, maybe they're just updating on, um, what's been going on since our last session now kind of pause and be like, okay, well, let's let's take a pause there. What are you feeling in your body right now? When you talk about, um, having this difficult conversation with a, with a loved one, let's use Mm -hmm. that as an example. And they'll, they'll start to describe like, well, my muscles feel tense and I feel like I'm. Breathing shallow, I'm like ah, oh, okay, and um, and I I feel like I want to say something, but I can't, and I'm like okay, and I actually have them describe the physical sensations, and I'm like, right, that's your freeze response, mm. and I'm like, and they'll go, oh, and I'm like, yeah, and really we slow way 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 down. So as they're describing that too, so that they're able to associate like, oh, when I'm having this, I had this challenging conversation and this is how my body responded. I'm like, yes. And that's a very normal response. It's mm-hmm. your body's, you know, your body's giving you feedback of what it's experiencing right now, right then and there. And, mm-hmm. um, and then they're like, then they're like, oh, and I normally notice this like sense of relief because they're able to connect or, or the sense of like, oh, <laughs> because <laughs> we we all have like our go-to stress responses, right? Some people are yeah. fighters. Yeah. That's right. They're like, yeah, they're they're like as soon as they start to feel uncomfortable, you know, their sensations will lead them where they're just like, mm-hmm. it feels like all this pent-up energy. And they're like, I gotta get out of here. And then just, you know, yeah, want, want to run. Or like they your flight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. You're like, congratulations, you just met your flight response. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. they're like, Oh, so, um, and then, you know, in, of course, you know, give them exercises to help, uh, soothe themselves during those moments and, and, and regulate their body. And, um, and then they get to practice it next time it comes up, but it's wonderful when they get on the call next time, they're like, Oh, I was talking to, you know, my son or my daughter. And, <laughs> and, and, uh, I noticed myself starting to feel like this again. They're like, and I remembered, so I, oh did some breath work and they're
0: like exactly. I nice yeah. yeah it's so beautiful yeah. isn't it to just be able yeah. to be aware of it and then yeah. use some very simple tools mm-hmm. like orienting or breathing or like some of those vagus nerve techniques which are so fantastic yeah and how much um it really impacts on your ability to have more conscious conversations, but also to make good decisions, I find. Like more conscious decisions. Doesn't
1: it? Yeah. Well absolutely. Because your body, um, when you know how to regulate your body, co-regulate your body, um, then you're you're speaking from a more centered space. Yeah. You know, you're and so. You, so you can make a conscious decision because when the fight, flight, freeze, faint, or fawn response, mm-hmm. um, Marisha, um, comes up, it, it produces stress hormones throughout the body. Mm-hmm. And so then any action that you make from there is going to be reacting from stress mm-hmm. instead of responding from like a, a centered space, like a heart-centered yeah. space. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: And so you oh. have those, you can have those conscious decisions, you know. Yeah, so much so, yeah,
0: better decisions, better quality conversations, Yeah, less reactive orientation. And we don't sort of walk away going, God, why did, I, why did I not say anything? Or why did I say that? Or why was I like sucking up to them? I don't even like them that much. And it's like, yeah, well, that's your phone <laughs> <fond> response, like kicking <laughs> in big time. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes, yeah the the fun response is really interesting to me too, and I knew that's um was it one of the newer ones, right? Like it kind of yeah with yeah. the other one. Okay, it's
0: not something that has been my wheelhouse, but I have noticed when I've done it in the past, I've always been able to stop myself in the moment and go why am i doing this i don't <laughs> like normally speak i don't want to have this conversation i want to like tell them off and get out of here uh because uh-huh. it's yeah something that i it's it's just not normal natural reaction for me i'm more sort of uh yeah, kill them, kill them with intellectual prowess or um, just say, I'm not up for it. I'm out of here. So yeah, I'm not having this conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so, it's so interesting. In fact, I, um, I was listening to someone the other day, like there's a lot of thought that particularly for people in female bodies, because we have estrogen and oxytocin, this natural kind of orientation towards bonding and moving towards because of that, that um, we have a higher propensity for foreign response could be be true
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I think for a lot of people yeah yeah Um, oh yeah not sure but I haven't seen a lot of research around it I think it's sort of something new and something that's really interesting in midlife particularly when people enter perimenopause is that obviously your oestrogen declines over a period of time so unless you have like a cancer treatment where or a surgery where your ovaries are removed and something happens really quickly which some people have for most people it's you know over a couple of years or it might be over 10 years uh, because that's the thing about perimenopause we don't everyone's unique we don't know In, in the same way as when we started getting periods right we have our own sort of unique footprint on that But what can happen is that we can become full of cortisol very easily. So we have to really manage our stress levels. So one thing I talk to my clients about a lot is, you know, a big thing about managing stress is learning to slow down. Now, this can be really difficult when you're like a 40 or a 50-something-year-old female-bodied person and you might have a pretty good job where you're quite senior in an organisation you might have uh, small kids or you might have bigger kids or maybe they've left home but if you've got teenagers like I do there's going to be stress around them exploring their world you might have parents who are unwell or you know who need a little bit extra support and you just I don't know it just seems like a really busy time in a lot of people's lives so yeah a lot of them find it really challenging to slow down Mm -hmm. but I think to your point in terms of their health and well-being it's really really critical and I think what happens is a lot of people's body or symptoms and, and like say slow down slow down slow down yeah. because it's a time, you know, and i I've had to do this with my own perimenopause transition is uh, is definitely just completely changed the way that I worked. Um, but I feel very fortunate that one of the things that we learned through our sex of relationship coach training was about pleasure and mm-hmm. putting pleasure first and and to me, that is I don't know if antidote is the right word. I don't necessarily want to use it that way, but it's kind of like, you know, pleasure is the measure. Like actually there's something really powerful about this. And if you, whatever brings you pleasure, because what brings you pleasure is different to what brings me pleasure. Even choosing to put it first every day and nourish yourself. And it might just be a walk in nature. You know, but and, and I always love to get people to do something that stimulates their sensory experiences, their five senses, mm-hmm. like just at minimum 10 minutes a day. But choosing to put pleasure first has is, is just been astonishing to me how that simple mantra as an umbrella term across how I choose to orient my day has made a mm. massive difference to my life, but also, you know, the clients that I work with and their and their capacity to slow down. So can you talk about that a little bit and what you've learned from that as well and how you notice that the impact on that in people's lives?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that um, we all have our condition definition around what pleasure means yes and so um you know for for a lot of people that i work with just slowing down and taking the time to discuss that and be like when's the first time you heard about pleasure what did you learn about pleasure what's your definition of pleasure mm. um more often than not it's some they'll just say sex or they'll say something that is forbidden or wrong or has like some type of, um, shame mm. connotation to it. And so I think that, you know, when we talk about, well, what do we want their definition of pleasure to be? If pleasure was healthy, what would that look like? And mm. and it's, and it's unique and it's different for everyone. Sometimes it's sexual. Sometimes it's not, sometimes it's a mixture. Um, but once that once that kind of that new definition that that healthier um more unique to them definition is is clear i feel like it's encouraging and it's more um motivating to slow down because i feel like s- slowing down is so different from how a lot of us are conditioned to act in life that if you for me, what I found is if you try to tell someone to slow down with pleasure and they still have a negative belief system around both, you just get like a no, no, but you know, a lot of people will be like, I don't know about slowing down. Like I'm willing to try it because it makes sense in my head. But Hey, now that there's this form of pleasure that I really like, you know, I, and that, that I wanted that I want to play. Oh, okay. I'll slow down to take an Epsom salt bath They're like I'll slow down to yes. go for a walk in a walk in the woods, and um, you know, just some something that you know you you kind of bring the sensations in. So, um, I think that a healthy healthy rewrite or healthy definition of pleasure can really be encouraging
0: to slow yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think midlife in general, just as a transition, it's very very complex. And I Mm -hmm. always say to people, you got to bust up a lot of belief systems at this time in your life. Yeah. Like, for example, around ageing, okay? Mm -hmm. Because if we carry that into it, it stops us from like, stops us from transitioning well into our second half of life. So what about, if you know, all the anti-ageing rubbish that we look and see and hear everywhere? What if it was how do you age well? Mm. you know that oh just yeah, just yeah. flips it on its head doesn't it Yes. Yeah. you know in I, love, I mean of, even when
1: you said that I felt it in my body is like yes yeah, yeah 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 so if
0: I'm how do I set myself up to live well in my second half of life is about aging well and you know mm-hmm. under that you can think about my relationship to my sexuality like I can rewrite my story around that you and I know that because we've worked mm-hmm. on it I can mm-hmm. rewrite my story about how I do transitions in my life. Yeah. Because we, we, you know, for example, with our menstruality, like with our periods, when it starts, we inherit a lot of our caregiver's story and what they feel about it. And then what I have noticed with different people, with different transitions, is that often the patterns that you see in I got my period is the same as when I went into childbirth and postpartum, how I dealt with that. And I said, "Well, do you want to but Do you want it to be the same now? Would you want to rewrite it? Like, do you want it to be a more right. empowering story? Do you want it to have more knowledge? Do you want, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. you can do this. Sensuality, my God, there's so many belief systems to be busted up around that, as you and I yeah. have talked about, because a lot of us have just been fed a crazy story about what it is and what it's not. Yeah, um, femininity, for example, you know." Mm-hmm. And the list goes on. So it's, and I think when, when, if women choose to do that or if people in female bodies choose to do that, my observation is a lot of people get to this point in life and they either shut it down or they thrive. And so mm. people who choose to kind of invest and explore and bust up belief systems and let go of child parts of self and, you know, they thrive, mm-hmm. they thrive. But if you choose to kind of stick with your conditioning and go with it, yeah, it's going to be probably challenging, I think, because you're faced with all this cultural messaging all the time about not being good enough, not being enough Mm -hmm. of uh, something. And, you know, ageing is a classic example of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I like that, you know, that the kind of like why why um bust up the belief systems that aren't serving us. Well, I think it's because it's in greatest it's in greatest service of love. Love for yourself, yourself. Love for people around you, love for the generations to come. Yeah. You know, and I know um it's of course easier said than done, right? I mean, I it's but hard. um yeah, it's hard but but I but I think that that's you know for me at least it's been a motivating thing is this is in service of love like this is like in its truest sense to everyone that's that's affected by it
0: yeah I agree and I think you know you've got to find your inner rebel and your inner wild woman or Mm -hmm. wild man right at this time and and really like pull them out when you need the big Mm -hmm. guns um to question and and say hey that doesn't sound right to me or that sounds like it's a bit of rubbish how do you think that slowing down helps us improve our relationship to our body and our self like our body image just our love for um and I'm not talking about it in a sort of narcissistic sense although I do think with women's sexuality in particular, like we do need a little bit of narcissism when it comes to it. Like we like to, we need to kind of feel good, look good, feel good type thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But just like a real genuine kind of love and appreciation for the magnificence of our body. How do you think slowing down can help us with that?
1: Mm. Mm, I think that. When you slow down, and you breathe through your nose, after you after you establish safety, breathe through your nose, slowing down, literally slowing down. When you go into the body. You're not uh, completely quiet, but you're you're quieting the thinking mind, and you're allowing mm. yourself to go, to go more into the feeling body. Mm. And I feel like whenever Whenever you have an opportunity to do that, you start to cue, become cued into, and you start to be able to better heal or hear the signs, the messages that your body is constantly giving you. And you switch from, I am this person with a body to, I am this person who's working with my body. Like Mm. we're, we're on the same team. Mm Mm-hmm. And so these messages that I'm getting, my body's not doing that to be weird or to be an ass. <laughs> it's like it's, it's giving you messages. Uh, it's, it's trying to talk in in its, in its own language and our bodies all speak in their own language. And so when you can really start to learn what your body's language is, you can show up for it better. Um, I, uh, example, I woke up this morning and soon as my eyes open, I started having these racing thoughts and they were racing worry thoughts, which is actually pretty unusual for me. Cause I've kind of trained my brain when I get up to like, start, you know, to I'll have like, um, I normally do like a little meditation or just do something and kind of slowly wake up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But this morning it was like everything that I've worried about over the whole past month was just like, zoom, 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 zoom. <laughs> just like attacking my thoughts. And I'm like, ah, so I sat up and I was like, oh man. And like, you know, put my hand on my heart, other hand on my lower abdomen. I was just like, all right, like what's going on here? And I noticed this like subtle cramping in my um, ovaries. It's like a subtle cramping. And then I noticed this flush feeling that happens right before my cycle begins. Uh, About a day before my cycle begins. And so I sat and I go, oh, and I looked at the date and I was like, oh, my cycle's supposed to start tomorrow. Mm-mm. And then I was, my mind like, automatically would be like, case your estrogen, your progesterone are super so low, low right now. Yeah. You yeah. know, you are. So your ability to like stay more centered and you know uh, um, uh, address things as they come from that more balanced place is literally harder to access right now from a strictly like hormonal standpoint. Yes, and so like, of course, you you know, of course these thoughts are there. Of course, I was like hating everything that's ever. I was like, what is going? Why am I so like you know angry right now? <laughs> And uh, and I was like, oh right, yeah, got it. And then I took a couple breaths, and I was like, all right, body. And I go, all right, cycles coming. I got up and I took my E, my magnesium, all of the stuff that I know that helps. That if I take it the day before my cycle, it makes my actual cycle better. And so, you know, all of those things. Like whereas three years ago, actually my whole life, because I got my cycle when I was nine, i I'm 37 now. Mm-hmm. And my whole life, my cycle has been debilitatingly painful. And oh, so really? yeah. de- I mean, like missing like days of school, days of work, just really intense. And so my belief system around that was every time I got it, I thought it was just being physically punished. Like I was like, I must have like mm-hmm. done something in a past life. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So like really like, would thought that I was just being um, punished and that was so I dreaded it and it was this really unhealthy relationship mm-hmm. um, but fast forward to today w- woke up this morning because I had that body awareness because I showed up lovingly and I was like oh okay all right body thanks for cueing me into what's going on oh yep look at the date I'll take yeah. care of you it's night and day difference yeah because now I, I work with my cycle, not against my cycle.
0: Yeah. And I think this is a big thing for a lot of us, like coming back to belief systems, right? Like a lot of us have learned that it's a real pain in the ass, our cycle, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I know when I started to kind of like, really get into mine and like it, it I didn't really have bad periods when I was younger, but I would get really tired. I was talking to a friend, a while back and we were talking about it about menstrual cycle awareness and just all the great work that's being done now and how great it is for young women to be able to embrace it and learn about like the different phases of the cycle as they pertain to the seasons mm-hmm. and um she's like oh, i just remember being so tired you know when i'd get my period week and i said yeah and you just have to like push through You know, and I said, and all those ads, you know, that we grew up with, like, oh, you got your period. You know, if you use these tampons, you can, like, ride a horse and go skiing and do all that. (laughs) And I used to think, who the hell wants to do that? No, no one. (laughs) No, No, I just don't want to talk to anyone. I want to be quiet. I want to be still. (laughs) (sighs) Um, And so, yeah, when I started to honour that, and I think of all those that cultural messaging, right, that we got when we were younger, which is probably written by men. Sorry, men. Mm-hmm. But I think now a lot of guys realize it too. And they're just like, oh, they just need to rest for a while. And this yeah. is why, you know, I think with the perimenopause, it's, it's what everything you just talked about, but it's like all the time. And it can be a bit annoying, but it's like, well, actually, in the same way that when you're, you started menstruating and you're a teenager, you needed a lot of sleep because your body's going through a lot of change. <laughs> It's doing the same thing, but it's different and it's not going to be forever. It's just, you're going through a massive time of change. Mm -hmm. And if you slow down and listen to it, to everything that you're talking about and being with it and being with the emotions, listen to your body, it'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, 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 and I noticed that listening to like the symptoms are less.
0: They are. The
1: symptoms are less intense. Are they there? Yes. Are they less intense? Yes. Because my body knows from me thousands and thousands of time checking in with her and meeting her needs that, that she can trust me. Mm. And so I, you know, I think that that's that's you know kind of one of the, one of the best things to, to come from building a healthy relationship with your body is you kind of have this like bestie who's always uh, looking out for you, except you're it. Like mm. to your body, um, and it and you know it. It I, I honestly, it's been my experience that it can help with um, producing symptoms because yeah. I'm not living in a fear state the whole time either.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like,
1: oh. mm-hmm. Yeah, or a helpless state. Yeah, with it and
0: understanding. Yes. I mean, I think like I always say to everyone, your body picks up way more data than your brain, right? Mm-hmm. Just out and about, so it's scanning the environment all the time. Do you know there's 90% more data, it's called afferent data, that goes from the organs, the skin, up to the brain, than the other way down? Really? Yeah, 90% more. Afferent data up, efferent down. A and E, that's the difference. 90% more. I read it in some science paper last year. I can't remember. I just went, whoa. It doesn't surprise me at all. Right, right. And no, our bodies are but- so intelligent and they pick up so much information, don't they? So it's always looking yeah. out for us all wow. the time because it's it's our nervous system our, or our autonomic nervous system is about keeping us safe. Yeah. Yeah. And if you ignore that all the time, which so many of us have been conditioned to ignore those mess, that 90% more information, no wonder we start to experience pain, exhaustion, all those other things because we're not listening.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, you know, if you would have told me five years ago that I would be talking about slowing down and wellness, I would have laughed at you because I was going so fast that it it wasn't even, the idea of having to slow down was just one more thing on my to-do list that I didn't have time for. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I I feel like that's a totally normal way to feel about slowing down, um, because that's I think I think a lot of people would feel that way too. But you know, the it's worth it. <laughs>
0: totally yeah, worth I mean, it. I think from an overall health and well being, I used mm-hmm. to do a lot of work with because I've been an executive coach for many years with senior executives around ethical decision making. So mm-hmm. there's definitely skills to that, and There are definitely stages developmentally that we can grow to to develop those skills. But a big part of what got me into this work and the more somatic work was I realised the impact of of this speediness, of the nervous system being dysregulated, of people's trauma that gets in the way of them making better decisions. And so what I have learned, and you've just basically described that, is that... um, one of the benefits of slowing down is you do speed up <laughs> like because you have that presence that you talked about before. So you're making these decisions from a more centered place and a more regulated place in your nervous system. And then when you can be in that place, you have more clarity and you have more vision around sort of your broader environment. Does that make sense? And so their decision-making yeah. improved significantly, right? And their capacity to, like, develop those skills, grow, be good ethical decision-makers, which, quite frankly, we need the CEOs of our organisations and the senior executives running all around the world because it's very complex. Well, life's very complex now, right? Yeah. Um, so, like, yes, definitely they their ethical decision-making started to grow and improve because... They're able to like be in their body, be more regulated, listen to it more. They started to feel what you were talking about, that presence, that centeredness and that awareness of their stress response.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it has so many benefits to it. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. I, um, No, I was going to say health, well-being, but also, you know, like, okay, you're running a very large organisation that has a very significant impact on the economy that you're in, on, you know, the broader scale, because everything's interconnected. And so we need you to be able to function at this level, because you're dealing, your decisions have very far-reaching outcomes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just being able to all those tools that you have suggested today are what help people to be able to grow to that capacity.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think just just being able to respond from a calmer space opposed to react from a stress response. Is is Just in like a very simplistic way. Like, it's like, yes, of course, of course, you'd rather do that. And it's like, to your point, you actually function better from that place. It's not just like, it sounds nice. It's actually more um, productive, ironically.
0: It is. Yeah, it is more productive. There's just so many fabulous things about it. So would it be okay right now? Cause you've got this just to finish up. You've got this really great body check-in that you do would it be okay to just Mm -hmm. demo like do it so people listening can experience it yeah as we finish up our fabulous conversation
1: yes so this is um this is what i call my my body love check-in and um i do this before meetings before i work with clients you can really do it anytime in your day that um Maybe like in a transition period in between things, Um, but it's really helpful to bring me to presence, Mm -hmm. to help me connect with a loving part of myself, and then to check in on if my basic biological needs are met. Mm -hmm. So why that's important is because when we bring ourselves to present, we're right here now. We're like, we're in this, we're in this moment. When we connect with love or a loving aspect of ourself, we feel supported, it helps elicit safety. And then when we check in to make sure our basic biological needs are met, our body isn't producing stress responses when our basic biological needs are met. So that's why we do that. So by the time the exercise is done, you're more present, you're acting from um, more of a, a loving place and you're, you're checking in to see if your needs are met or what you're needing to do to meet those. Mm. So that's a, in a nutshell, explanation of why I come up with this and why I do it. Um, okay. So what I do first, you can do along with me if you'd like, I, will. It's, I put my left hand over my heart, my right hand on my lower abdomen. And then I just let my breath, And then it's natural intelligence. Breathe for three breaths in and out through my nose. I take a moment to recognize that in this moment I'm physically safe. And then I find what I call a sweet greet. So you want to come up with a sweet, greet words that feel really, really good to you. Words that feel loving, words that feel like when they're spoken, really just remind you that you are loved. You are a human who is very loved doing the best they can. And so for me, that sweet, greet, the loving way I refer to myself is this. Okay, sweet one. And say your sweet read out loud, whatever it might be, um, if you are listening. And then you're going to tune in and you're going to answer these three questions. And you're going to answer them with the mind. And you're also going to answer them by listening to if there's any sensations in the body that come up around it. And sensations can be a coolness, a heat. Muscle tension, muscle relaxation, or gurgling. It can be anything because the body speaks in, in different ways. So the first question is Am I nourished? And just listen. And the mind will tell you if you're hungry, if you're thirsty, if you're satiated. And then listen to see if the body. Gives you any sensations in your mouth or in your tummy or anywhere else. And the next question is, have I moved today? Have I moved today? And again, the mind will tell you if you've moved, if you've went for a walk or exercise, turned on. And again, this is an exercise that is meant to just be a check-in. So we're not judging these responses. We're not judging these sensations. We're just approaching this with a sense of curiosity and observation. And what feedback does your body have in terms of this question of have you moved? How do your muscles feel? How do your bones feel? And the final question is, have I rested today? Have I rested today? And your mind will tell you, maybe you'll think about if you got a lot of sleep the night before. You can think about if you've taken a rest in just between tasks or things that you had to do throughout the day, did you take time to rest today? And then notice any sensations that are in the body for you around rest. And then having checked in with your body's basic biological needs, what you're going to do next is you're just going to take note. And if there's one need that you can meet, as soon as this practice is over, go ahead and decide what that's going to be. Maybe it's take a sip of water, grab something to eat. And if there's a need, that you want to meet that you can't do right now, you're going to go ahead and visualize your calendar or your diary. And you're going to commit to a time that you're going to meet that need. So I'm going to walk tonight at 10, go around the neighborhood, but whatever it is, make sure you commit from that place of love, not obligation, our ability to follow up with what we promise our body is how we build a deep sense of trust and reliability within our bodies. So you wanna make sure that you do that. And once you've decided what that is, you're just going to finish by saying, thank you body. Thank you, thank you for all the messages that you gave me the information. And then your next exhale, you're gonna let your hands fall to your lap. And With each next exhale, you're gonna start slowly bringing your attention back into your space, wherever you're at. Mm. Maybe you start to wiggle your fingers and toes and nose. And then opening your eyes going ahead and meeting your needs mm,
0: so lovely I feel, <laughs> all, I feel present <laughs> yes. yes oh thanks so much for that so good yeah
1: you're welcome I, I do it multiple times a day and it's really it's it's probably been the most helpful tool to help me slow down take time to slow down and like genuinely check in with my body
0: Mm. yeah i can imagine Mm -hmm. i mean i notice when i get a bit hangry you know hungry angry Mm -hmm. my blood sugar's a bit lower um as i get older i find i need to eat a little bit like i probably do more like an intermittent fasting thing but during the day i kind of eat smaller meals but eat more frequently interesting Mm -hmm. anyway that works for me because i do i move a lot but yeah interesting is there anything that you would like to finish off by saying that i haven't asked you
1: Hmm. i think just you know in regards to slowing down um One of the main like motivators for why, why to do it is, you know, we live in a fast paced world, which you and I talked about, and we put in all of this time and work and effort trying to create this good life. And then if you're going too fast, you just miss it, Mm. miss it. And like slowing down gives you the presence you need to actually enjoy the life that you're creating. Mm. So I wanted to, to just end with that piece because that's the why. You know, yeah. one of the main reasons to just enjoy the life that we're creating.
0: Yeah. It's happening in the moment, isn't it?
1: hmm
0: How can people find you, Casey? But tell us about your website and social media. Cause and Elizabeth, because you're in partnership mm-hmm. with her. Yeah.
1: Yes. Um, so our podcast. My uh, podcast partner's name is Elizabeth Menzel. And um, our podcast. If you go to anywhere that they play podcasts, um, we're on Spotify, Apple, and type in "Slow the F Down." Show will pop up. You'll see our our picture of two ladies with a sloth and a turtle emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Click on that. Um, and find the episode that speaks to you and we've Mm. we cover a variety of topics um very good yeah yep that's that and if you want to um connect with me personally I have a website sensualitycoaching.com you can book a consultation or send me a question and we'll be connected there Mm
0: -hmm. are you on social media I am Tell us your social media.
1: So um, my Instagram is sensuality underscore coaching. And our podcast, we also have an Instagram podcast, slow the F down show.
0: I didn't know that you had a Instagram as well. Mm -hmm. we live in the
1: media, social media world oh yeah
0: thank you again it's been really great having you here and you're like the perfect person to talk about this because it's your thing yeah and um, you understand it so well and I'm sure that people would have learned a lot by listening to this conversation today I'm hoping a few pennies dropped and they went (laughs) "Ah, that's why
1: yeah. Like, oh right that's it
0: <laughs> now I,
1: I really enjoyed this conversation I love I love talking about slowing down on all the the magic that happens when you do
0: mm, but thank you you're welcome